Praise God. And this evening, we're starting a new series. We're going into the book of Hebrews. We just got done with the book of Ephesians last Wednesday night. Amazing time of what God did here in New Harvest, Norwalk. Pastor Ruben Sandoval preaching about the armor of God. How many of you were blessed by that service last Wednesday night? I know so many things took place inside of our lives, and now we're stepping into a new series, the book of Hebrews, and what we're going to be looking at is Jesus is greater. I want you to say that with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is greater. greater. One more time, Jesus, Jesus. is greater. And that's the truth. If you get anything from this series that we're going to be looking at uh, all throughout this month, is you're going to know that Jesus is greater than all. That Jesus is greater than all. And you and I, we're going to get right into the Word of God, book of Hebrews chapter 1. How many are ready to get into the Word of God this evening? Amen. So we're going to do something a little different. I want you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word, book of Hebrews chapter 1. Open up your Bibles. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 4. How many of us know that our God is a way maker? Amazing presence of God here this evening. Book of Hebrews, chapter 1, in verse 1, the Bible says these words, says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through whom he also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Why don't we go ahead and pray this evening, Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your goodness tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would take over, and I pray that you'd minister to hearts. I pray, Lord, that I would be a vessel, Lord, tonight, and I pray, Lord, throughout this month as we study the book of Hebrews, I pray that we would grow spiritually. I pray there would be a transfer of knowledge, God, of wisdom into every marriage, every single, every student here at our church. I pray this this month, God, as we grow in your word, God, that there would be a divine download, Lord, of, of maturity in our lives, God, that we would encourage each other, God, to run the race, God, with endurance, God, to walk by faith and not by sight, Lord. Lord, to strive for unity and peace, God, and to, Lord, be obedient servants in your kingdom. We bind the enemy, every strategy, every distraction. And right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we know, Lord, that you are greater than anything we're facing. We know, Lord, that you're going to get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. You may be seated this evening, tonight, a heavenly calling that God has called you and I. What a divine calling that God called us from who we used to be to being a new creation in Christ. And the Bible says that as you begin to study the book of Hebrews, you'll see a couple of things about this, this church, these, these people, that they were facing intense persecution. They were going forward for the Lord with all of their heart. They left their old traditions. They, after, they left their old rituals of the old life. And all of a sudden, they adopted the new life, a, a life of serving the Lord, a life of surrendering wholly to Christ. And all of a sudden, 
persecution started to come. And the reality is this, church, is as you and I serve the Lord, as you and I go forward for God, we will face persecution as well. You and I will be tested in our, in our walk with God. You and I will face opposition and trial. And you and I will be mocked. You and I will be made fun of for our faith. You and I will be persecuted as you and I go forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says something very amazing about this church. That these people are there. It says that these people, they were persecuted. But they continue to what? To encourage each other. They continue to... Uh, tell each other we need to go forward for God. They encourage each other to go forward. Why? Because of a word that was spoken, a word that we need to pay attention to through all throughout this month. And I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to say, listen up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, pay attention. It's not time to fall asleep. It's not time to check out our Instagram page. It's not time to upload things to your story tonight, but it's time to pay attention to the word of God. And the Bible says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. By his son, God has spoken to you and I and has given us this beautiful book of Hebrews. It's an amazing book. Oh, man, it's just powerful. You look at the book of Hebrews, and they don't know who the author is. Some people say it was Paul. Others say it was Silas. Some people even say it was a woman, Priscilla, that wrote it. I thought your sister was going to get more excited than that right there. A woman writing the book of Hebrews. But it is one of the most beautiful books behind Romans, most theologically advanced. Um, it makes references to the Old Testament more than any other book in the New Testament. And in this book, we'll learn that Jesus is greater, and we'll look at some of the things that God has called us to do to make it to the finish line because we know that there is a marathon that you and I are in. It's not a sprint. Our, our walk with God is not a little sprint. It's, it's not a 5K run. Our walk with God is a marathon in our life where you and I are running forward for God and how many of us know there's good times, but then there's also those those times where we face persecution, but when those times come, we continue to go forward for God. We continue to persevere because for anyone that has done the bike-a-thon, we know there's a rest stop coming up our way. I remember the very first bike-a-thon that I did. I remember we were coming from Ventura. We were coming. I remember we got to like the 70-mile mark, and me and my partner, that had, we, had, we had went, we had done it, but we were exhausted. And all of a sudden, what we began to do is to encourage each other, let's make it to this next rest stop. We're almost there. We're only five miles away. Then we got to the 80-mile mark, and, and then all of a sudden, then we got to the 90-mile mark. But the hardest mark was 90 miles. The last 10 miles were the hardest miles that we had to endure. But what we did is we encouraged each other. We're going to make it. We're going to make it to the barbecue. We're going to make it to the finish line. We're going to make it. We're going to make it to get our ride back home. But you and I as believers, we are in a marathon and we're running forward for God. And maybe you're here tonight and you're exhausted. And maybe you're here tonight and you're facing obstacles. Maybe you're here tonight and you're facing trials in this area and that area. I'm here to tell you that there's a rest stop coming. That you could enter into the rest of God that God has for you. That there's a rest. There's a rest stop. And the rest that you and I enter into to is only provided by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's his rest. That we're going to be looking at in chapter 3. But chapter 1, 
The Bible says the radiance, the radiance of the glory of God. Understanding who Jesus is. See, these Hebrew believers, they knew the law, they knew the Torah, they knew who Moses was. Moses was the icon of, of Jewish religion. So much so that when Moses died, angels had to come and take his body and hide it because God knew that the people of Israel were going to worship his body after he was dead. So they had this idea of Moses is great. Moses gave us the law. Moses, he, was, he gave us all these things. But the writer of Hebrews begins to tell him, you need to know who Jesus is. How much greater Jesus is. The Bible says in verse 2 that he made the whole universe. The Bible says in verse 3 that he is the sun, the radiance of God's glory. You think about Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. He had, he had this, this cover over his face. We were talking about that two weeks ago and how the people of Israel, they were, they were really scared because they seen the glory of God. But you think about the transfiguration in the book of Matthew chapter 17 when Jesus went up there to the mount. And Peter was there, James and John were there, and the Bible says there was this transfiguration and that Jesus transfigured and the glory of God, the glory of God came over Jesus in such a mighty way that Peter fell down, James fell down, John fell down. They said, let's go make you some tabernacles. We're so sorry for not listening to you, Jesus. And the Bible said that a voice was heard, God the Father speaking to the disciples, and he said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Listen, I'm, t I'm telling you, this month we're going to have to listen because God wants to speak to our hearts. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus is the purifier. Amen. That's exciting news that he sanctifies us. He changes us from a cussing, backbiting, conniving, manipulating person, and he begins to make us holy, righteous. There's a purity flowing from our mouth. There's a righteousness flowing from our heart. There's, there's some praise coming through our lips. Our hands are lifted up. Why? Because God is purifying our lives. He's transforming us from the people that we once were to a new creation, a, a new man, a new woman that you and I were never, we never could be on our own willpower. It's only God's power that you and I are stepping into our destiny tonight. It's only God's power. And all of a sudden, the writers of Hebrews is encouraging the Hebrew church, saying, God, you guys, Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than Joshua. Jesus is greater than the Sabbath rest. Jesus is greater. Second thing I want to talk about this evening is paying careful attention. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. The, the idea that we see right here, the writer of Hebrews is giving us, is of a boat that's not anchored and that's just being uh, moved by the currents, moved by the wind. 
moved by the circumstances that are around, but he's saying this, this boat is not grounded, it's not anchored, uh, it's, it's, it's just going, whatever comes its way, if, if discouragement comes its way, then it's discouraged. If, if temptation comes its way, then it falters into temptation. It is not standing, it is not rooted, it does not have a foundation. And he says, be very careful that you do not drift away, drift away from what God has for your life, for our lives. Signs someone's drifting away today, very simple, maybe no longer attending church faithfully. No longer being in the house of God, no longer valuing the house of God. But they're, you know, you know, I can go to church when I want to. I can go to church once a month. I can go to church every twice a month. I can, I, you know, I can miss. And, and, you know, God knows my heart. Yes, God does know your heart. And he wants you here in this place. And we're going to be looking at that, at that in chapter 10, verse 25, where the Bible says, do not forsake, for, forsake the assemblies Coming together. The Bible says don't miss church. And as people of God, one way that you and I can drift is by not attending church and isolating ourselves from the people of God and, and, from, and from the things of God and from, from the things that God has called us to do. Don't ever let work pull you out of church. Don't ever let it pull you out of the church. They're going to tell you, oh, you just got to miss one day. Just miss one day. You know, this, just this Wednesday and we promise and they say, oh, then you got to miss this day. Don't let work rob you from being in the house of the Lord, drifting away. Another way that you can be drifting today is by not praying, not seeking the face of God. No longer being in the prayer room. No longer, every, every service uh, at 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights at at 8 o'clock on Sundays, we have prayer here at our church. And what we do, we have a special area for the men. And we have a special area for the women. And what we do is we go in there, we begin to pray for our church. We begin to pray for God's anointing over our service. We begin to pray for God's unction in the worship team. We begin to pray for God's unction in the preaching. We begin to pray for all the needs for the ministries of the kids and the prison ministry and the, the care ministry and the celebrate recovery ministry. All those ministries, we're praying and we're lifting up and we're praying for God's anointing in that place. Why? Because we know without God's anointing, we are nothing. So we're praying, Lord, bring in, bring in, Lord God, revival. Bring in, Lord God, young couples. Bring in, Lord, backsliders and, and prodigal sons. And we're praying for this. We're, we're contending. I challenge you, young adult, to go to the prayer room. I challenge you, no matter how old you are, how young you are, is to be in the house of prayer. Be in there contending and saying, God, I, I need you. I, I pray, Lord, for your anointing, God. Being in prayer is so important. Praying at your home is so important in the morning. Praying for your family, praying for your day, praying for your spouse, praying for your children, seeking the hand of God, the, the mind of God for the day, saying, God, give me wisdom for this day, Lord, that I can lead this family the way you have called me to lead. Here in this church, we have a men's prayer team here. That was every, every, every man here you can join in. What we do is every hour in the morning, maybe you're here today, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can join that prayer team. We have a group that prays at 3 o'clock in the morning. Maybe you're here today, you pray at 7. We have a team that prays at 7. 
Maybe you're here today, you have an afternoon shift, so you got to pray during the afternoon. We have an afternoon shift of men who are praying and contending for their families, contending for, for, for the things that God has up ahead for their lives. And these men are seeing transformation inside of their lives. Why? Because prayer brings change. It really does. It brings change inside of our life. Drifting away. The Bible says in chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, for since this message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? The writer of Hebrews says something amazing. How could we escape the wrath of God if we ignore such great salvation? Now, in the Old Testament, when, when the law of God was given, if someone was in violation of that law, there was no mercy given. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. In the New Testament, you and I, we have something greater than the law. You and I have what? We have grace and mercy. We have the truth. We have the lawgiver. We have Jesus. Greater than the Old Testament. Praise God. The law from the Old Testament, he came to what? Not to abolish it, but to fulfill the law. But I want to tell you something. Grace, it always drives us further than the law. And let me give you an example. Tithing. In the Old Testament, the law was given. You read about it. that God has commanded us to tithe. And you and I, it shouldn't be a problem for us to tithe. The, that, that is something that shouldn't be a problem for any of us. God will bless you and I if we do that. But how many of us know that God, he deserves more than 10%? Now I'm preaching right now. When you and I give to God out of a generous heart, not just being legalistic, saying, oh, God, here's my 10%, here's my $90.98. But saying, God, you know, here's my, here's my tithes, but, Lord, here's an offering. For how good you've been to me, Lord. I, I know you're going to provide for me. I know you're so good. But having a generous heart and saying, you know what, God, your grace and your mercy, God, compels me not only to give what's required, but to give even more. Amen. To give even more than what's required inside of my life. And the enemy will say, man, you can't afford to give. The reality is this. You can't afford not to give. That's the reality. Because God will bless your life. He will bless your life in a tremendous way. The enemy will come. He'll lie to you. He'll strategize for you to stop giving. He'll say, why don't you do this thing and that thing and miss out on the blessing of God. Because when you give to God, he'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing. There will not be room enough for you to receive the blessing that God has inside your life. The devil will say, give a dollar. You give a dollar to McDonald's. Some of you give more to McDonald's than you give to the church. But the reality is this. When you give to God, he opens up the supernatural realms of provision inside of your life. Where you're able to see God provide and not only provide, but you're able to see God as Jehovah Jireh that supersedes your need. He supersedes your need. The Bible says, how can we ignore such a great salvation? What does it mean to ignore such a great salvation? It means to make light of what God has done. 
It means not to pay attention to what God's doing inside of your life. It means not to spend time with him. We think, you know what, I really don't need to spend time in God's word tonight. I, I really don't need to pray. I really, really don't need to fast. I, I really don't need to come to outreach. And, and all of a sudden we're in this place where we feel like we really don't need to do anything for God. That's a place where we're ignoring the obvious of what God has done inside of our life. We could never ignore how good Jesus has been to us. We could never ignore how great he is in our life. We could never ignore his mercy and his, his loving kindness inside of our life. We could never ignore what God has done. And when you and I ignore salvation, we don't want to be in church. We don't want to be with God's people. We don't want to do the things that God has called us to do. That's ignoring what God has done inside of our life. Reading the Bible every single day, getting into God's word every single day. I, I was reading a couple days ago in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's talking about when you have a king. See, the children of Israel didn't have a king at the time, and God says, when you have a king, I want you to command him to do these things. But one of the things he said, command him to read the Bible every day. Look at your neighbor and say, read the Bible every day. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 17, 19, it is to be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. We'll put you there, sister, okay? It is to be with her, and she is to read it all the days of her life, so that she, that he, may learn to rever the Lord his, their God and follow carefully all the words of the law and these decrees. The word of God, we are to read it every single day. And God's able to what? He's able to give us what? Fresh inspiration, fresh direction, fresh anointing. And you and I step into that place that God has called us to be. If you and I are in God's word, I want to say that you and I are not drifting. You and I are drawing closer to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. The last point this evening is Jesus is greater. It's the theme of our series. Jesus is greater than Muhammad. Jesus is greater than Buddha. Jesus is greater than Joseph Smith. Jesus is greater than every, every teacher that has ever spoken. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than you. And although you might not think that right now, he is greater than you. Jesus is greater than anyone that has ever lived. He's the greatest of all time. And you and I, I want you to know throughout this month, if you get anything, I want you to know Jesus is greater the Bible says in chapter 3 and verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in this heavenly calling. Amen. There it is. The heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge is our apostle and high priest. He is faithful to the one who appointed him. Just as Mo Moses was faithful in all of God's house, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the, a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. Amen. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than angels. We just seen that in chapter 1 and verse 6 and verse 8. Jesus is greater than Moses. We see that in chapter 3 and verse 3 through 4. Jesus is greater than the old law. The old law was a shadow of things to come, but it wasn't as good as... The new covenant, amen. But it was a shadow of things to come. Jesus is not a shadow. He's the substance. Jesus is not the temporary, but Jesus is the permanent, amen. 
Jesus is, you know, in the Old Testament, the, the mediator was Moses. But in the New Testament, praise God, we have a mediator who is Christ Jesus. In, in the Old Testament, the high priest was Aaron. And he was a good high priest, but he made some mistakes. But in the New Testament, we have a high priest that was tempted in every way that you and I were tempted. And, but he was without sin. He was without sin. He was, a, he was a faithful high priest that is able to sympathize with us in our weakness because he faced what you and I face. The Old Testament was good, but the New Testament is so much better. It's so much better. Shadows. How can I bring this out? This is one way. Do you remember your very first cell phone? For you that are over the age of 35, we didn't have texting. You know, we've seen the creation of texting of photos being sent. We were astonished on the day we seen a blurry photo to a phone. We we're like, how did this happen? <laughs> then they begin to get clearer and clearer and clearer and our phones begin to get more and more advanced. The old cell phones, you remember some of you carried big old cell phones that, you know, they were like this, this uh, you know, this bag that you had here. You had this big bag. You carried around the suitcase, Pastor Eddie, yes. And you're like this, you're making your calls. That was the old, but now we have something so much better. I, yesterday I was cleaning up my house and I found one of my old cell phones. And I was looking and I go, you know, this is pretty cool. Back when I barely got it. Now my screen was cracked. This you, big old port right here. And if this is your cell phone tonight, I'm not trying to make fun of you at all. <laughs> but then I, you and I, we begin to get upgrades, right? You get an upgrade. You know, every two years you get this upgrade. And now you're looking at your cell phone. And it's so much better than what you used to have 10, 20 years ago. You know, there was a shadow of what you have. But now you're so much more advanced. And this is, a, this is kind of a bad example. But my example is this. We used to have something that was good in the Old Testament. We had Aaron, we had Moses, we had Joshua, we had, we had the, the Sabbath rest. But in the New Testament, so much more advanced, so much more better, so much more blessed. You and I, we have something that's greater. Jesus Christ is greater than anything from the Old Testament. Why? Because he came to fulfill the law of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the high priest had to make sacrifices for sins every single year. And all of a sudden, those sins, they were never forgiven. It was kind of like they were just put to the side for another year and another year until the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, came to take away the sins of the world in a sacrifice that was once and for all and forever. And the Bible says that when he was done on the cross, he said these words, it is finished. We just seen right there in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 that Jesus, he's with the Father, but he's sitting down. He's sitting down. When you and I are done with our work, what do we do? We go sit down. The work is finished. So what do we do? Chapter 3, verse 7. Today, if you hear his voice, the voice of God, Today, if you hear his voice, chapter 1, what did we hear? That God spoke. Chapter 2, what did we hear? It says that we must pay attention to what we heard. Chapter 3, the writer of Hebrews says, Today, if you hear his voice, 
all throughout the month of October as we're, as we're looking at the book of Hebrews. I challenge you to open up your ears, to take your heart off of the things that you're facing and saying, God, speak to my life. What happens when, the, when God's word speaks? What happens inside of our life? Well, one of the things that happens is this. The Bible says in verse 8, it says, Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the times of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me and tried me for 40 years. They saw what I did. The word of God, the voice of God provides examples for us. It provides examples of things not to do. And this day of rebellion is found in the book of Numbers chapter 14, chapter 13, where the people of God had came to the edge of the promised land. They were there. They were about to occupy the promised land. But all of a sudden, they began to look at the giants in the land. They began to spread a, a negative report. And all of a sudden, unbelief and distrust took over their hearts. And they say, you know what? We don't want to follow God. We don't want to obtain this promised land. And the Bible says they went backwards when God called them to go forward. Only two men Joshua and Caleb had a good report. These two men, they said, no, we can take the land. We can do all the things that God has called us to do. So the day of re rebellion was a day when the people of God said no to God, said we're not going to trust you with our lives. The voice of God provides examples for us. Not only does it provide examples, but it gives warnings. The Bible says in verse 10, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways so I declared on oath, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. It provides warnings to you and I when you and I listen to the voice of God. What is God warning you about this evening? Not only does it provide that, but it provides direction. Everyone say direction. The Bible says in verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Verse 13, I love this. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We see the word of God that it encourages endurance. The God doesn't say quit. He doesn't say throw in the towel. But it, it, the word of God, the voice of God encourages us to endure. And this evening as the worship team makes their way up here, we see in verse 14 something amazing. The Bible says we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Our original conviction firmly to the very end. In this beginning of this sermon, I was talking about the bikeathon, And I was talking about doing those 100 miles. And I remember when we were going through that me and my partner, we were going through, and we were encouraging each other. But there came moments when we were going up hills or when we, were, we felt that we were lost. There, there came moments where our body was telling us, just give up, throw in the towel, call someone to pick you up. And tonight, church, in this place, there's going to be all kinds of things that come our way that tell us, give up, throw in the towel. Don't hold on to those firm convictions that are found in God's word. Don't hold on to those convictions that God has given you. You know, lighten, lighten up a little bit. We're living in 2019. Lighten up, you know. 
look at what's going on in, in this area and that area. Stop holding on to those, those convictions and the enemy wants to come and, and water those things down and water those things down and water those, those convictions down of what we believe about marriage that's between one man and one woman for their lifetime. And the enemies will attack on, on, on certain things like smoking marijuana that a lot of people believe, man, it's okay, you know, it, it's, it's the right thing. Or drinking, you can drink and, and, and it's not a bad thing. But I want to tell you this right now. I'm, I don't care if I get stoned after. I want to tell you this right now. You got to hold on, man. You got to hold on to the ends. Some of you are clapping, you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess because everyone else is clapping. You know what? Will you clap when you're the only one clapping at your school? When you're the oddball? Will you clap when you're not around your Christian friends? Will you clap for Jesus when they're mocking him and saying he's not greater? Or you just clap because your mom claps and your dad claps and everyone around you claps. No. You need to clap. Why? Because he's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the praise. The Bible says, he who endures to the end is going to be saved. That's how you and I obtain the blessings of God. It's a marathon. It's a bikeathon. It is the fight of your life tonight. But you and I, we have victory. Why? Because we have the author and finisher of our faith who's right there with us in our corner, pushing us forward. Why? Because he's greater. He's so much greater. If we could all stand this evening, giving God glory and giving God praise.